Welcome to A Star Witness. Hello everyone, this is Kayla bringing part two of the Christmas episode. And before we get started, I would like to say a word of prayer. So with that, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son down to this earth to save us from our sins. Lord, it was such a sacrifice to come down to this wickedness, to shed part of who you are. And Lord, we won't really understand how big of a sacrifice it truly was until we are in heaven ourselves. Lord, I pray that you help us to prepare for heaven. Help our characters to become right with you. Help us to get rid of every sin that so easily besets us. Help us to learn what you would have us to do and help us to be willing to sacrifice everything like you sacrificed everything to save us. Thank you so much and help us to keep ever present in our minds what you have done for us, especially since this is the time of year that people are more likely to think about it than at any other time of the year. Help us to be a witness at this time to share your light with the world so that they may see and can know the love that you have for us, that while we are yet sinners, you died for us. And we thank you for the sacrifice and we thank you for the love you have. And we thank you for all of the blessings you give to us. And we ask all these things in your precious Holy Son's name. Amen. All right. So last week on on the podcast, we discussed a lot of the history behind Christmas. And now this week, I want to get into a little bit more about Christmas, the kinds of things that we should be doing, if we should have a Christmas tree, and if so, what kind and where we should put it, and also what kind of gifts we should give and what kind of things that we can do on the day. So without further ado, let's get into it. Now, I'm mainly going to be reading some quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy and commenting on them. So I just wanted to say that before I get started. And this is from AH 482-483. And it says, shall we have a Christmas tree? God would be well pleased if on Christmas each church would have a Christmas tree on which shall be hung offerings, great and small, for these houses of worship. Letters of inquiry have come to us asking, shall we have a Christmas tree? Will it not be like the world? We answer, you can make it like the world if you have a disposition to do so, or you can make it as unlike the world as possible. There is no particular sin in selecting a fragrant evergreen and placing it in our churches, but the sin lies in the motive which prompts to action and the use which is made of the gifts placed upon the tree. The tree may be as tall and its branches as wide as shall best suit the occasion, but let its bows be laden with the golden and silver fruit of your beneficence, and present this to him as your Christmas gift. Let your donations be sanctified by prayer. Christmas and New Year celebrations can and should be held in behalf of those who are helpless. God is glorified when we give to help those who have large families to support. Right here we are told that if you want to bring a tree into the church, only decorate it with offerings to give to those less fortunate. That is perfectly acceptable. But it's when we decorate it with all of the things that the world does and the motives behind wanting the tree that gets it bad. The tree itself is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with the tree, but it's when we start doing it to 
the world standards that gets us in trouble. You can have the fragrance of evergreens in your home and it's perfectly acceptable. But when we deck it with silver and gold and all of the other things that people deck it with and for our own enjoyment and not having anything to do with the Lord or bringing glory to him, then we're not doing it for good reasons. We're doing it because it's traditional and it's because it's part of Christmas and that's not really the right way to do it. So we have to ask ourselves the right motivation. I think it would be lovely to see a tree decked with all of the offerings that people want to give to those in need. And then to see those offerings being used in that way would be amazing to see the result of what we are able to do with it. And she continues with this thought when she says, let not the parents take the position that an evergreen placed in the church for the amusement of the Sabbath school scholars is a sin. For it may be made a great blessing. Keep before their minds benevolent objects. In no case should mere amusements be the object of these gatherings. While there may be some who will turn these occasions into seasons of careless levity and whose minds will not receive the divine impress, to other minds and characters these seasons will be highly beneficial. I am fully satisfied that innocent substitutes can be devised for many gatherings that demoralize. We need to provide innocent enjoyment for the day. It says, Will you not arise, my Christian brethren and sisters, and gird yourselves for duty in the fear of God, so arranging this matter that it shall not be dry and uninteresting, but full of innocent enjoyment that shall bear the signet of heaven? I know the poorer class will respond to these suggestions. The most wealthy should also show an interest and bestow their gifts and offerings proportionate to the means with which God has entrusted them. Let there be recorded in the heavenly book such a Christmas as has never yet been seen because of the donations which shall be given for the sustaining of the work of God and the upbuilding of his kingdom. We need to make this day fun and enjoyable, but we need to do it in the right way. We need to point our children to the blessings and the goodness and the love of God. We need to think of fun activities that are harmless that we can do with our children that will be a benefit to their souls and make them think of heavenly thoughts and make them to remember the story of Jesus and why he came on this earth to save us and to get them to really think about these sorts of things. Make it a day where they can still enjoy it and have a good time, but their thoughts aren't about themselves and what they can get out of it, but what they can do for others and what the Lord has done for them. So it'll be uplifting to others and to yourselves at the same time. And that will be a really, truly beautiful way to celebrate this holiday the right way. It says in RH, December 11th, 1888, paragraph 19 and 20, our children have been educated to expect gifts from parents and friends upon Christmas. Christmas is celebrated to commemorate Christ's birth. If we celebrate it only in seeking to give pleasure to our children and one another, our offerings are diverted from the true object. We should bring our thank offerings to the Lord, laying our gifts at the feet of him who has opened the treasures of heaven to us. The enemy plans that human minds and hearts shall be diverted from God and his cause to praise and honor one another. God has been left out of the question and positively dishonored. Christmas has been made a day of feasting, of gluttony, of selfish indulgence. Now let every family consider this matter in all its bearings. Let the parents place it in all its wonderful significance before their children and friends and say, this year we will not expend money in presents 
presence upon ourselves, but we will honor and glorify God. We will testify of our gratitude to him who gave his son to die as our sacrifice, that we might have the gift of eternal life. Let us show that we appreciate this gift and respond as far as it is in our power with thank offerings. Let us celebrate Christmas by remembering God instead of remembering our friends and relatives with gifts which they do not need. This is really powerful and this is exactly what I was just saying. We get all wrapped up in this holiday and then it diverts from what it actually is and then it becomes this day of gluttony and selfish indulgence and what I can buy and what I can do and people get into debt at Christmas buying not only gifts for their family but all of these decorations and all of these traditions that they have to keep up with and buying extra gifts to keep up the pretense of Santa Claus and all of the other fairy tales that they come up with at this time of year. So they spend, spend, spend and it's needless because they're just teaching their children to be selfish and expect things for themselves and what can I get? What can I do? And me, me, me. And that's not good for anybody. And people get so stressed out at the holidays because they have to get all their Christmas shopping done. They have to get all of the gifts. They have to do all of these traditions and get everything ready for the holidays to prepare for their family coming into town. And not that it's wrong to spend time with your family on the holidays, but it just causes so much stress because all of these things pile up at this time of year. And also it causes people who are lonely to be more lonely. More suicides happen around the holidays because people are lonely and they don't have family and they don't have friends. And this time of year really brings it to their attention more so than at other times of the year. And that's really sad indeed. So that's why we should make more of an effort to reach out to those kinds of people who are needy or alone during the holidays to make them feel included because your friends can become like family. And these people need a place to have a nice meal, to learn about the truth of Jesus and to understand the true meaning of the holiday. And it's not to indulge ourselves and be buying gifts for everybody else. And we need to be doing this the right way and giving gifts to the Lord instead, who actually they claim the holiday is about, but it's really not. It's just an excuse to get gifts and buy gifts and put up decorations. It's like we're not actually celebrating the birth of Christ at all or the sacrifice that he made. We're not even giving back to the Lord. And some people do good deeds on this day. A lot of people have bought gifts for people, have helped the poor and done all of these little things. And people expect that at Christmas, this benefit of goodwill. But then they don't do it throughout the rest of the year. And there are always these Christmas stories on the news of a stranger buying all of these gifts for people at stores and this man donating all this money or you you get the idea. I'm sure you've seen the stories yourself. And those things are great and those things are wonderful. We should help the people. We should help the poor and do nice things like that. But we need to do it in a way that is throughout the year, not just on Christmas. And we need to do it in a way that brings the attention back to God. So it says in Bible Echo, December 15th, 1892, paragraph 11. In celebrating Christmas, fathers, mothers, children, and friends are diverted from the great object to which the custom is attributed. They give their whole attention to the bestowal of gifts upon one another, and their minds are turned away from the contemplation of the source of all their blessings, both spiritual and temporal. In their attention to gifts and honors bestowed upon themselves or their friends, Jesus
Jesus is unhonored and forgotten. Parents should seek to teach their children to honor Jesus. They should be instructed how he came to the world to bring light, to shine amid the moral darkness of the world. They should be impressed with the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is beautiful. This is exactly the point I was bringing out. We need to shine that light amid the darkness of this world to let people see and to know that Jesus loves them. And that's exactly why he came down to this earth, even if it wasn't at this time of the year, but they need to know the story and they need to hear it. RH December 17th, 1889, paragraph seven says, what matchless love Jesus has manifested for a fallen world. If angels sung because of the savior was born in Bethlehem, shall not our hearts echo the glad strain glory to God in the highest peace on earth goodwill to men although we do not know the exact day of Christ's birth we would honor the sacred event may the Lord forbid that anyone should be so narrow-minded as to overlook the event because there is an uncertainty in regard to the exact time let us do what we can to fasten the minds of the children upon those things which are precious to everyone who loves Jesus let us teach them how Jesus came into the world to bring hope, comfort, peace, and happiness to all. The angels explain the reason of their great joy, saying, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Then, children and youth, as you celebrate the coming Christmas, will you not count up the many things for which you are to be grateful? And will you not present a gratitude offering to Christ, and so reveal that you do appreciate appreciate the heavenly gift. This is amazing that we have such a blessed gift as Jesus coming into this world and we need to teach others about it and we need to sing praise to the Lord. All of those beautiful hymns talking about Jesus's birth and the sacrifice that he gave to us, all of those things we can do. We can go and sing those songs to people at the nursing home, to people in the hospitals. People love to get sung to and it cheers their hearts and makes them happy happier and happiness can bring healing and or just joy for a moment because a lot of these people are left alone in the hospitals and in the nursing homes on holidays and that is really sad. AH 478.1 through 481.4. As the 25th of December is observed to commemorate the birth of Christ, as the children have been instructed by precept and example that this was indeed a day of gladness and rejoicing, you will find it a difficult matter to pass over this period without giving it some attention. It can be made to serve a very good purpose. The youth should be treated very carefully. They should not be left on Christmas to find their own amusement in vanity and pleasure seeking, in amusements which will be detrimental to their spirituality. Parents can control this matter by turning the minds and the offerings of their children to God and his cause and the salvation of souls. The desire for amusement instead of being quenched and arbitrarily ruled down should be controlled and directed by painstaking effort upon the part of the parents. Their desire to make gifts may be turned into pure and holy channels and made to result in good to our fellow men by supplying the treasury in the great grand work for which Christ came into our world. Self-denial and self-sacrifice marked his course of action. Let it mark ours who profess to love Jesus because in him is centered our 
hope of eternal life. The holiday season is fast approaching with its interchange of gifts, and old and young are intently studying what they can bestow upon their friends as a token of affection remembrance. It is pleasant to receive a gift, however small, from those we love. It is an assurance that we are not forgotten and seems to bind us to them a little closer. It is right to bestow upon one another tokens of love and remembrance if we do not in this forget God, our best friend. We should make our gifts such as will prove a real benefit to the receiver. I would recommend such books as will be an aid in understanding the word of God or that will increase our love for its precepts. Provide something to be read during these long winter evenings. There are many who have not books and publications upon present truth. Here is a large field where money can be safely invested. There are large numbers of little ones who should be supplied with reading. And she gives some suggestions. She gives the Sunshine series, Golden Grain series, poems, Sabbath readings. And these are all found in the publications online and the Review and Herald used to publish them. The Youth's Instructor and all of her books are great gifts to give as well. She continues, They are all precious books and may be introduced safely into every family. The many trifles usually spent on candies and useless toys may be treasured up with which to buy these volumes. And you could buy books that talk about missionary stories, angel stories, stories that tell of what the Lord has done and is doing in people's lives. These kind of books that uplift people and encourage them. And she continues further. Let those who wish to make valuable presents to their children, grandchildren, nephews, and nieces procure for them the children's books mentioned above. For young people, the life of Joseph Bates is a treasure. Also, the three volumes of the Spirit of Prophecy and the Conflict of the Ages series as well. These volumes should be placed in every family in the land. God is giving light from heaven, and not a family should be without it. Let the presents you shall make be of that order which will shed beams of light upon the pathway to heaven. Brethren and sisters, while you are devising gifts for one another, I would remind you of our heavenly friend, lest you should be unmindful of his claims. Will he not be pleased if we show that we have not forgotten him? Jesus, the Prince of Life, gave all to bring salvation within our reach. He suffered even unto death that he might give us eternal life. It is through Christ that we receive every blessing. Shall not our heavenly benefactor share in the tokens of our gratitude and love? Come, brethren and sisters, come with your children, even the babes in your arms, and bring your offerings to God according to your ability. Make melody to him in your hearts, and let his praise be upon your lips. So we should be giving our friends gifts that will benefit them spiritually, mentally, and bring their thoughts higher up, and not just gifts that are trivial. I mean, sometimes you can give gifts that are needed as well. That is always nice to do as well. If they need something that is essential to them, or if something broke and you're replacing it for them because you heard about it, you could also buy food for those who are needy. You know, get creative. Think about it. Pray about it. See what the Lord would have you to do. And books is a wonderful way to give to those that you're not sure what to give them because you can always read, you can always learn and grow. And these books are really great to have and to share with everybody. Like she said, she continues with this. By the world, the holidays are spent in frivolity and extravagance, gluttony and display. Thousands of dollars will be worse than thrown away upon the coming Christmas and New Year's in needless indulgence. But it is our privilege to depart from the customs and practices of 
of this degenerate age. And instead of expending means merely for the gratification of the appetite or for needless ornaments or articles of clothing, we may make the coming holidays an occasion in which to honor and glorify God. Christ should be the supreme object, but as Christmas has been observed, the glory is turned from him to mortal man, whose sinful, defective character made it necessary for him to come to our world. Jesus, the majesty of heaven, the royal king of heaven, laid aside his royalty, left his throne of glory, his high command, and came into our world to bring to fallen man, weakened in moral power and corrupted by sin, a divine. Parents should keep these things before their children and instruct them, line upon line, precept upon precept, in their obligation to God, not their obligation to each other, to honor and glorify one another by gifts and offerings. There are many things which can be devised with taste and cost far less than the unnecessary presents that are so frequently bestowed upon our children and relatives, and thus courtesy can be shown and happiness brought into the home. You can teach your children a lesson while you explain to them the reason why you have made a change in the value of their presence, telling them that you are convinced that you have hitherto considered their pleasure more than the glory of God. Tell them that you have thought more of your own pleasure and of their gratification and of keeping in harmony with the customs and traditions of the world in making presents to those who did not need them than you have of advancing the cause of God. Like the wise men of old, you may offer to God your best gifts and show by your offerings to him that you appreciate his gift to a sinful world. Set your children's thoughts running in a new unselfish channel by inciting them to present offerings to God for the gift of his only begotten son. This is a powerful section and that is why I wanted to read it all because there is so many lessons in here for us to gather and to learn. We need to focus the things on God. We need to give him a thank offering. We need to sing his praises. We need to change the way that we are celebrating this holiday. We can do things in the right way and we can still make it a beautiful time. We can still make it happy and fun and we can still bring all of that joy into our hearts but in a better way, in the right way by bringing Christ into it because really that is what people are saying it's all about anyway and yet they make the holiday about themselves and not about Jesus like they claim. It's his birthday yet the celebration becomes our own. I mean if I had a birthday party thrown for me and everybody was celebrating each other and just ignored me, that would make me feel really bad and I'm sure you all could say the same thing. That would be a horrible thing to do and yet this is what we do. We say we are celebrating Christ and we say that it's because of his birth and that's why we do it but in reality it's just an excuse to get what we want or buy presents for others and slowly but surely the holiday is wrapped up in this beautiful packaging and yet inside the gift is nothing but does detrimental to us because we're not really focused on what Christ has done for us. We're not really focused on doing good for others and uplifting them and shedding that darkness from their souls. Instead, we're all about what can I do for me? What can I do for this? Oh, I have to do this. I have to get this. And they're expecting this and and it becomes something it's not. And some people even dread the holiday season because of all of the anxiety that goes along with it and all of the things that is expected of them to do. And it doesn't have to be that way. We can still give 
give gifts to our friends and our family, but do it in a different way. And it could be something handmade. It could be something that is just simple and that brings them closer to the Lord. And, you know, a shared memory, a picture framed, you know, something that is not going to cost a lot of money. And you could give them a gift that would really bring happiness to their souls. And also at the same time, you could give them a gift that would bring them closer to the Lord. Those are the kinds of gifts that we should be giving and doing for others. And we need not forget about the Lord. I mean, we need to learn from the wise men who gave gold, myrrh, and frankincense for Jesus. They traveled all of that long journey just to give gifts to him because they knew he was important and they knew that he had an important role and they wanted to honor him because of that. And we should too. And this is why we need to figure out a different way of celebrating this day and doing things. You can still make it a fun and educational day and let not your thoughts be wrapped up in all of the stress and the worry, but on how you can be a benefit to others and to the Lord. And that will bring more happiness to your soul than worrying about stressing about all of the other things that go along with this holiday. The same thing goes for New Year's celebration as well. That comes right after Christmas. So you have one huge celebration and then you have another. And people are really into that sort of thing. They want to stay up until the late hours of the night and they do nothing but partying and drinking and doing all of these crazy things just to bring in the new year. But we will get into more about that in next week's podcast. And so with this, I wanted to sing another hymn on Jesus's birth. And there are so many great hymns. I love them all. So it was really hard to choose which one. But I think I'm going to sing my mother's favorite Christmas song and it's Oh Holy Night. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appears and the soul felt its worth a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn Oh, 
Jesus lay thus in holy manger in all our trials born to be our friend he precious and so beautiful and I am so thankful that he came to this world to sacrifice so much for us so that we could be with him forever and I want to be with him forever and I hope you do as well and remember that once you have known the truth you need to share it with others share what he has done for you share the goodness of the Lord and especially around this time of year help those who are in need and help them to see the love of Jesus which you have it says in Matthew 5 516 let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven so with all this being said let your light so shine that you are a star witness for the lord